Hello, TTB community. I am Elliot Shibley, and here with me, as always, is the measured Robert Demena. Each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. Thank you for that adjective. For that that adjective, I like that one. So this week, we have who I like to consider a close friend of the podcast, Matt Mitzel. He's been on uh, previously to talk about what it's like to travel as a teacher abroad. Um, and as a digital nomad, really interesting guy, really unique travel experiences, spent a lot of time in South Korea. Today, we're going to talk to him about his sort of spontaneous trip to Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan. We have never really talked about these countries, super unique, super interesting cultures, clashing cultures, conflicted, a conflicted area. So there's a lot to talk about here, and we hope you enjoy it. Before we get into the conversation, this week's travel tip is to look at an international phone plan before you go. I know Elliot can speak to this. He has Google Fi, which essentially allows you to have service wherever you go without the uh, without the need to find a SIM card. We actually talk about it in We're plan ahead. this conversation. <laughs> We're plan ahead. But yeah, it is important to have international phone plans, especially if you need to communicate with Airbnb hosts, to use Google Maps, um, to just find your way around, get an Uber, all those things. So definitely consider that. Um, so yeah, before we get into the conversation, check out some of the cool things we offer. The Traveler's Blueprint offers a travel journal and planner that is available for $7.99 on our website. It is a PDF, so you can fill it out online or in paper, and it is completely reusable. We also offer a Become Your Own Travel Agent five-part video tutorial. Part one is navigation, two is booking airfare, three blogs, research, and reviews, four itinerary building, and five safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. You can find that on our website, and it is $25. We also offer travel consulting. So for more information on that, go to our website and feel free to send us a DM on social media or an email. Lastly, you can join us, and if you want to, you can you can be a part of our Travel Around Table series. That's where we sit down with a group of, of travelers, send us your email with your name, your website, and a few travel-related topics that you enjoy discussing, and we will get back to you. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Matt? Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. Thank you guys for having me. You know, third time, you know, excited to be back again. Yeah, third time's a charm, but honestly, I think you've been charming all three times. So all three times, uh, a charm here. I try. Um, Every time, it's always a charm for me. (laughs) So we, we, I guess we (laughs) should. Yeah, it is. Actually, you you know. I thought so. We should say that the reason you're coming to us, unfortunately, is because you have COVID. You appear to be doing pretty well. You're grounded because you have COVID. You would have been traveling right now. Um, you appear to be yeah, okay, though. So, um, you don't appear to be too sick. I, I'm, I think the worst part of it was two days ago, so I think I'm on the up and up, and now it's just, you know, quarantining, and you know, have to retest in a few days, but now I just have a lot of time on my hands, and I'm ready to talk and, you know, <laughs> look over my past travels and prepare for the next one, you know? The, the, right. the, the best thing about traveling is reflecting on it, right? Wait, so, so Matt, where are you right now? That's when you truly get exactly. to pull the juice out of those experiences. Well, yeah. Where are you right now, Matt? So right now I am back home. Um, okay. So I'm in uh, the great state of Maryland, um, north of Baltimore. Um, I just returned from you know a year abroad in South Korea teaching English and just went on these travels. Um, so now I'm, I'm kind of grounded and I have some uh, 
some other trips planned, but yeah, as as right now, just in in my sister's room actually, okay. <laughs> because she nice. has a desk. So, <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting conversation. So you sort of have been doing some off the beaten path travels, I guess you could say, at least from uh, a mainstream travel perspective. So you just spent time in Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan, two really interesting countries that have some interesting three. stuff going on. Yeah, well, how many did I say? Two. I just, okay. I, I, did I say two? I thought I said some. We'll so make it I, three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Armenia and Georgia, I don't know much about. Azerbaijan, the only thing I really know about that is that they have a Formula One track. Baku. I don't know. Baku, yeah. yeah. And I don't really know much about the country other than that. So um, let's jump into it. So quickly, just did I nail it? Like, do you, do, you want to add anything to that? Because I before we get into your travels, I wanted to kind of take a step back and get to know you a little bit about your 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 starting point. Yeah. So um, basically, you know, about me. So, you know, I'm a, a 26, you know, from from the US and I've spent, you know, the greater half of, you know, three years basically living abroad, teaching English, um, about close to two years in Spain, uh, Barcelona and, you know, Galicia. And then most recently, I completed a one year contract in Busan, South Korea. And so my time was winding down in Korea. And so I figured, you know, I mean, I'm, I got to travel, you know, I've been kind of confined to, to Korea because of COVID for, for a year, you know, which was great. You know, I saw a lot of the country, but, you know, I kind of had a, you know, an inkling, like, I want to see more than the next international destination. So as the time was winding down, I started looking at uh, the Maldives. And so from what I was reading, it was rainy season because I was trying to go in October, November. So I decided, well, let's not go somewhere that there's a potential rainy season. Let's just see what Google Flights has for me. So I found a really cheap flight from Seoul to Istanbul and Istanbul to Tbilisi, Georgia. So I figured, well, if, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. I don't know anything about Georgia, but Armenia is right there and Azerbaijan is right there. Let's make it a three country, you know, trip. So then it was just, you know, on a whim, like a month before I ended up leaving, it was like, well, yeah, I'm going to fly to Georgia. I just bought a one way from Azerbaijan to Qatar back home. So Let's just figure out what I do in between, but let's just buy those two legs and then go from there. And, you know, I knew someone, um, one of my former roommates, he had been to Georgia. He said it was amazing. Um, I have a college friend who has a friend that's Armenian. So I figured, okay, I can hit them up. I don't know anything about Azerbaijan except the Formula One track, as you said. And so, yeah, it just seemed like a cool little, little trip. And I didn't have much planned as I usually never do. So it's just buy the one ways and then go and see, see what I find, you know? Nice. fascinating you, you you might as well be different uh like species because that's such a foreign foreign thing for me foreign concept to just go <laughs> somewhere and not have anything planned especially with armenia and azerbaijan and i know you gave us sort of the cliff notes and and we're gonna get into it but um yeah should we jump I think into bob is just so confused at how you can travel <laughs> without having anything planned see yeah. well, they, google so, flights you know yeah, but, that's, so, Google Flight tells me where to go. Matt, it's not it's not only not having things planned, but you don't know anything about the country. So now it's like <laughs> it's, it's like stacked. It's doubled <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to not have anything planned to go to Italy or France or Spain right, where you right, know generally right. what you're getting yourself into. You're going to our Armenia and Georgia. Now, um, let's let's run into it. Like you step off the plane uh, in Georgia. What are you doing? So well, a little before that, so I forgot to mention, though, so I did, sure. my plan was, as I said, so I was going to fly to Georgia, and then my ending play was from Azerbaijan. So I, the people that know the, know the geography, so like Georgia is on the west part, this is the Caucasus region. 
So Georgia's on the west, and you got like the Black Sea next to it. Then to the east, you have southeast, you have Armenia, and then go a little more east, you have Azerbaijan. And in between, you know, Georgia and Azerbaijan touch, but then you got Russia there. And then below Azerbaijan, you got Iran and then Turkey. So it's kind of like the crossroads of Europe and Asia, you know, the Middle East, whatever you want to call it. So my plan was I had seen, um, you know, people had done some of these backpacking things, I, you know, being naive and not knowing. So I figured, okay, I'll go to Georgia, then I'll go to Armenia, then I'll go to Azerbaijan and then go home. Well, it's not that easy for the people that don't know. There's a lot of uh, ethnic conflict out there, especially between Armenia and Azerbaijan. So those borders are blocked off. And now with COVID, Azerbaijan's border is completely blocked off to every single country. So before getting there, it was I started to realize, well, oh man, okay. So I guess I need to you know rework that. So it became the loose itinerary. We're going to Georgia. We're going to go Armenia. Well, we have to go back to Georgia to go to Azerbaijan because the Georgia-Azerbaijan border is closed and the Armenian-Azerbaijan border you can't do because of political ethnic issues. So, and then, um, you know, basically reworking that, trying to figure out, well, okay, well, how do I get from Georgia to Azerbaijan? It's gotta be this and that. So yeah, that's just a little forewarning and, you know, then not realizing again about the ethnic conflict as much as, you know, I knew some stuff and we can talk about that later, but Basically, just how if you go to Armenia, there's a specific region that if you, if you visit there, you are banned from going to Azerbaijan. You know, they'll put a stamp in the passport kind of thing. So just having to rework things where, you know, again, that's just me not planning, but we'll get into that. But yeah, so basically arriving in Georgia. Um, Wait, can, no, I, I can, spent... I ask, can I ask go ahead, go ahead. Uh, real quick? So going off of what all of you just said, all of these different obstacles. And Elliot, mm-hmm. I just touched up on this. So what what type of mindset do you have rolling with these punches? Do you roll with them? Are you getting pissed off? Are you getting annoyed? Are you like, I should just can this trip? That's part or of the are journey. You... Exactly. That's what I'm asking. Right, okay. Exactly. So if for me, it was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to a part that, you know, I don't know anyone personally that's ever been Azerbaijan. I know like one person on me. So it's like, well, there's not, it's just part of the adventure. You know I mean? I chose... I could have gone from this, I could have gone from Korea to somewhere in Europe or Italy, France, somewhere, you know, mainstream, but I don't want that. So this is part of what I imagine to be, you know, going off the beaten path, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's part of the adventure. No, yeah. no pissed off. You have to go in with the open mindset, you know? Love it. Love it. Yeah, agreed. So totally. it sounds like all you right. did some planning once you got in there and realized all of these obstacles were in the way in order for you to complete your trip. Yeah. So I think well, also with COVID. So, you know, you have to go on the State Department's website on each of these countries. You have to see what's the deal with them with Americans. For one, do you need a visa? For two, what's the deal with COVID? Will they let you in with, you know, vaccine? Do you have to get negative tests? All that. So that was stressful, you know, because that's all subject to change. Azerbaijan, Americans do need a visa, but that's one of those, you know, you can get two days beforehand for $20. So that, that wasn't a problem. It was just it was the stress of the COVID kind of thing. So I did realize before I went that I would need a COVID test in Azerbaijan from Georgia. I would need one if I went to Georgia from Armenia by plane, but I wouldn't need it by by um, ground transport. So just having, that was kind of the most stress and the planning I had to do. It's like, well, okay, now, I mean, this is part of traveling. I have to find out where I'm going to need a COVID test. How much is the COVID test going to be? Is it going to add up? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So but in terms of what I was going to do, no, no planning. It was just, it was mostly the COVID aspect. Yeah. yeah. That's something that I think we have tried to relate it to people recently. As of recent, like it's, there's a new layer to travel and it's making sure that exactly. you not only get these tests, but get them within the time frame that the country yeah. accepts them within and then anticipate the cost in your travel budget. But I don't think it necessarily matters what your 
nationality like if you're a united states citizen traveling to like in our example we traveled to paris had a layover and then to morocco but if you flew directly from the u.s to morocco didn't need to test if you fly to paris from paris to morocco as a u.s citizen you have to test it's the i believe most countries are on on color codes now and like red country most countries appear to be i think right now are, are are red due to the omicron variant um you have to get a test essentially yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, no, I mean, so that that was the big, um, you know, the big worries that I had. And just, you know, I guess briefly touching it, you know, that there was a war between Armenia and Azerbaijan a year ago. So, like, just trying to think, like, <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to see? What am I, I need to be careful what I say. You know, it can't be, like, yeah. oh, pro this, pro that, because, I mean, this is fresh on people's minds, stuff like that. And what, what did you actually see remnants of this war? And what t- do, do you even know, like, to, to what extent this war occurred? Like, was it full on boots on the ground type of battling? Yeah. So uh, so for the people who don't know, so the Armenian Azerbaijan, you know, the, the history is very, very turbulent, you know. So they, they they were their own country and then they became part of the Soviet Union. And then when that mm-hmm. dissolved, it, you know, a very turbulent time after the Soviet Union. So especially specifically with Azerbaijan and Armenia, where... They had, you know, full-scale war, six-year war in the late 80s to 90s, which, you know, tens of thousands of people died or whatever. And, you know, then then it kind of re-escalated, you know, throughout the years. And so this war that happened last year, yeah, there were, uh, I don't know a number, but a lot of people did die. And Azerbaijan, like, took a territory from Armenia that I think they had before. But oh, this is the it, conflict in, like, some remote mountain region. They're fighting over no man's land, essentially. Yes. Just, it's like the, a pissing contest of... Who controls where the border is, right? Yeah. So Nagorno Karabakh, that's that's the area. Yeah. I don't want to undermine this conflict. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like just so yeah. like going into these two countries, my, my whole thing was, well, because I did read again before with the planning, so I did read online, like if you go with the Azerbaijan, if you go and they see in the your passport that you went to Armenia, like you're that's grounds for them to like detain you, be like, Oh, what were you doing in Armenia? Like do you like Armenia? Like all this stuff. So I was fully prepared for that. So that was part of the, the you know, the anticipation kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, that was more, that was the later half of the trip. So it's more focusing on Georgia because Georgia was all the right, one yeah, like, yeah. well, they're chilling, you know what I mean? They're, they're doing their own thing. So yeah. So I, I arrived in Georgia and um, it didn't get off to a great start. I I landed and I, I flew from Istanbul and I arrived in Tbilisi, the capital at, I don't know, one in the morning. And so, again, I don't know any planning, so I don't know how, what, how I'm going to get to my hostel. I don't know how I'm going to get to here, blah, blah, blah. So I arrive, you know, just get my stuff. And, you know, that's the first thing. I want to get my little SIM card. That's my big tip. You know, always get a SIM card wherever it is, whatever. So I got my SIM card. I don't know the conversion, but there's all these taxi drivers, like, you know, hawking you, like, in in the the, the arrival thing. And so they're, they're being aggressive, like, oh, where are you going? Let me drive you. It's like can i get the money first like no stop 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 so right. they're telling me these numbers and again i don't know the conversion because my data is not working or whatever so it's like well i don't know what this i don't know what this isn't i don't know if i'm getting ripped off or whatever so i was able to haggle it down but then i decided no i'm gonna ask if there's a guy with a meter because you know in korea all the taxis are meters and i'm just so used to meters 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 wherever i've been i don't know and so the guy tells me oh yeah we got a meter so then we get into the taxi and one, my hostel doesn't, I, I guess I didn't put my arrival time. So they're closed. They don't pick up. So it's like, well, 
somewhere else to stay. And, you know, my limited data, because the data was being spotty, I, I found another place that the taxi driver recommended, whatever. So we start driving. Bob, how much anxiety and- do you have right now? I couldn't imagine, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, me, like, I was just like, oh, what? okay. So the meter, so I realized, well, yeah, I'm, I'm getting scammed. Like, he, this is obviously some app or something that, this isn't a meter. So, and as it's going up. Wait, hold on, Matt, you, you, you kind of like, like uh, softened your volume a little bit or something when you said that? Side. Yeah, what was it? It's connected to his phone? The meter was connected to his phone? his phone was the meter there wasn't a meter like Ah. his phone was some and so i realized well damn it well i'm i'm getting robbed so you know the starts going up and i do and i do get the the data where it comes out where i I do see the conversion and so we start going up and up and up and it's going so fast i mean it's a scam clearly so by the time we arrive you know i I didn't take enough i withdrew maybe twenty dollars which twenty dollars goes far in georgia well this was like a $35, $40 taxi because I, mean, I got ripped off. So I don't have the cash to give him. And so I'm telling him, man, told me it wasn't going to be this much. He's like, oh, you're a meter. And, you know, it's all part of the trick. So he walks me to my hotel. Then he walks me to the ATM. Then I'm taking out money there. Then I pay him and I'm just really angry. You know, I just got ripped off. Then I go to the hotel. They only accept cash. So I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Now I got to go back to the ATM all the way over here. It's just, it was a mess. So I did not enjoy my first few hours in Georgia. I got scammed, which I read online. Uh, it's the, the, the Tbilisi taxi mafia. Uh, so you don't take the taxis, um, the guys that come into the, the airport. So all right. we're all, t- I think the common theme is do your research because <laughs> yeah. you can save some money, you know? So okay, okay. you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, You heard it here. The taxis be be careful. Look up the taxi, the you know how it works in these different countries because I don't know. I just I just, I didn't like Georgia at the start, but whatever. But I mean, just to go into you know Georgia, I mean it was a beautiful country. You know, from it was just it was a it was a rocky start to say the least. You know. Well, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the country itself. Um, your experiences, um, if you have maybe some of the the highlights, like the locations that you would really recommend to people. And, well, and, and, and what was your, your experience communicating with the people themselves? Of course, yes. So for one, it, w- it was interesting for me because having been in Korea for, you know, 13 months, you know, just seeing everything non-Latin alphabet. So then it was like going to a country, well, Turkey. So I went to Turkey before, you know, seeing the first time, like the Latin alphabet everywhere, was just kind of surreal. But then you get to Georgia, completely different language. I don't know if you guys have seen Georgian, but the writing system is... It's one of the most unique and just nothing like you've ever seen before. It's it's unlike any other language. It's nothing like the Cyrillic of, you know, Russian or Ukraine. It's just its own wild. Yeah. If if you take a look. Yeah. So so it felt to me like I'm I'm in a more foreign, you know, country than, you know, I, well, I knew there's different languages and stuff, but so, you know, in terms of getting around um, a lot of people, spoke English in Tbilisi, the capital, but as you started veering outside the city, not so much English, which if you go to this region, uh, you know, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia, it comes very handy if you speak Russian, because if you don't speak any of those three languages, Russian is the fallback because it used to be in the Soviet Union. So I don't speak any Russian. So there were times where it was a little difficult and, you know, it's kind of like being in Korea again, where it's a completely different writing system where it's like well you can't even sound anything anyways so yeah but 
Wow. And you know, yeah, it's just how you guys, you saw what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Definitely you, interesting. You had data at this point. Did you, are you using like the Google Translate app at all? Of course, you know, that, that saved me, you know, just because, I mean, there was English written, you know, a lot of the times, but then, you know, as again, as you leave Tbilisi, it's like, well, no, I mean, you need the, because you don't know, does this mean bathroom or does this mean, you know, police? I don't know, you know? So it's, you know, you got to be prepared for that. And they're, but, they're, a, um, they're a Soviet country. What, do you know much about their culture? Like what, what religion are they? Do you know? Yeah. So, so uh, Georgia is, um, I think, Orthodox. That they're, they're a sect of Christianity because Azerbaijan was the Muslim one and Armenia also Christian. I think, okay, Georgia and Armenia are Christian, some sects of Christ, Christ, okay. Christianity. Because okay. they had all the... Um, churches you would see you know in like russia or these eastern european countries and you know tbilisi really was one of those cities where it seemed like you know geographically it's like well this does look like the middle east but it seems so european you know you walk around and and it kind of seemed like you know ha had remnants of like you know what you see in like a small town france but then you would see like oh this kind of looks like spain this is just a clash of cultures and you know that can be evident in you know the food the food i think is very the foods of georgian food is amazing it's very heavy it's very hard to be there if you're a vegan or vegetarian you know you're not going to be eaten in georgia which yeah. i'm not but a lot of cheese a lot of meats and okay. tbilisi just a beautiful city just it's so such an old city with so much history as you see in europe and it's just it's just a really fascinating city you got you got like a hillside and there's some great overlooks that you see of the whole city and it was it was really nice, and the cars being like so, so much older, like the old Soviet-looking cars. You, yeah. If the old Soviet-looking metros, the ones like just I mean, it's my first time really in like a former so I went to Bulgaria before, but like a former Soviet country where you know you really see remnants of the past, and like it doesn't look like our our Western metros and stuff like that. So it was, it was really cool, you know, these these subways from like the eighties, and yeah. it was cool. It was like new well, and old. Was, yeah, like Russian built, right? So it had this. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a real. It's like geographically speaking, Georgia's super unique and interesting because it's in this sort of connective landmass where you have the path straight down to the Middle East. Exactly. And then you have Russia on the opposite side, and you have Eastern Europe, and so you kind of get this perfect area. And that's like like why Turkey, at least historically speaking, was always like a super interesting area exactly. because you have crossroads this, yeah, yeah it's a crossroads it's a crossroads with europe and africa and the middle east and asia so well, pretty georgia, neat. yeah so it seems like all three georgia armenia and azerbaijan have some pretty incredible landscapes with the caucasus you got the black sea on the west caspian mm -hmm. sea on the east armenia has a yeah. large lake um what is the well i wanted to ask two questions because i'm really curious i want to jump back to the food after we talk about the environment and the landscapes what is it like out there is it is it arid or is it green? So, yeah, so what you're saying, so, you know, I was able to hit all those things you said. So uh, I went outside Tbilisi and I went into the Caucasus Mountains. So there's this this town um, called Kajbegi, which is very close to the Russian border, um, like 12 miles or something, which is pretty surreal. It's like, well, Russia is like a stone throw away. Like, I'm yeah. right there. And so it's just so mountainous and, you know, the greenery below, but then it's just these these beautiful snow-capped mountains which is really breathtaking you know just you know korea had mountains of course but just like seeing these kinds of mountains like oh beautiful so you know going so high up and just where it was you were in the clouds and so like i had pictures and videos of just being like in the clouds where it would 
part. And it's like, oh my God, that's a mountain right there, like <laughs> right on it. And so, so that was, you know, that's the, the north area near, near the Russian border. And then they have a lot of greenery in terms of like what I consider like the rolling hills of like the, the vineyard region of um, like Italy. So that okay. was a region called um, uh, Sinyagi. So I did a wine tour, which Georgia, not for people that don't know, is a big wine producer. And their Georgian wine is amazing. I'm not a big wine guy, but this Georgian wine, woof, got me going. <laughs> and so I was actually there uh, during the harvest. So, you know, all this stuff was on plan, which is really cool because it's like I was there for the prime time for, for wine tours. And so I've never really done a wine tour. So I went to, again, it was like these rolling hills and these stores that look like what you just imagine is like, you know, the Italy, the, the, the vineyards, the, the, the rolling hills. And it was just, it was beautiful. And so there's the greenery there. And then as you start going west, you get towards the Black Sea, which uh, I, I, I just, I really had to go to. And there's the second largest city in Georgia is called uh, Batumi. So it's like their resort city that's right on the Black Sea. So that, you know, really cool to see, you know, just, just, cause the Black Sea is, uh, well, it's not black, but I mean, it's just like, you know, it, the, 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 the coastline is very, from what I saw, like very like pebbly and rugged. So it wasn't the most beach, but, you know, just seeing the water and then, you know, with the sunset, it was just, it was really cool. Cause it was a really like modern city compared to Tbilisi, which is more, you know, the old school, but Batumi was like these big skyscrapers, like just for the, the tourism. And so it just has yeah. everything in terms of the environment, you know what I mean? Huh. Wow. Yeah, and that's awesome. Did you stay in a monastery? So I went to many monasteries, did not stay in one though, but just okay. I went to, man, that was the big thing in this region is monastery tours. Yes. Yeah. What, what, what was that like visiting them? Beautiful because just a lot of these monasteries, you know, they're just in the middle of like nowhere. So it's just like, that is just like this, this old monastery, so much history and just like the backdrop, like, you know, in Kajbegi, like the, it was a monastery on, on the hill and that was just, you know, surrounded by these, these, beautiful mountains and it's just you know very surreal to see because i i do you know i do like to go see the religious um monuments and and buildings you know mosques or synagogue wherever i'm going it's just just to see what it's like around the world and you know these monasteries you know with the the orthodox um designs and stuff it's just really i want really to go. I go to one I, that's why i asked i'm, I'm yeah. signing elliot up i don't know if he's fully aware but we're gonna go i want i want to go to like this i want to go to a monastery you want to do this, like a silent retreat for a year i want to do like two weeks and like silence where like you have to just deal with the boredom to the point that you come out like with some profound experience on the other side <laughs> that's what i want well so, that was, that's what tom was just saying yeah. last weekend yeah. yeah 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 dealing with dealing with boredom yeah, yeah. so very very cool yeah well and i was looking at uh dropping some you know what do you call the google earth guy bob i call him little orange man i don't yeah. know if that's his real name that's his real name so i was dropping the little uh, orange man right? around georgia uh into some of the national parks and then to the mountain ranges and their mountains are gorgeous like they look almost like a mix between ireland's or not ireland's uh the scotland highlands and new zealand's mountains it's like a little rocky, but a little green. The hiking looks incredible. The snow-capped mountains. Exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. It's and then I, I didn't. You can go skiing out there too. Yeah. I didn't have time for that. It was it's just. I mean, they have everything. You know, from my understanding, you know, I was there in October, but Batumi, you know, is a very nice uh, summer destination. Um, the water, I guess, gets pretty warm, and you know, swimming and. You know, just, you know, again, seeing these big, big mountains, the snow cap, and then, you know, I mean, the country is not that big. So then it's like, well, then you have like the beaches over here and just a very fascinating 
country, I would say. And just so, yeah. you know, again, just so a clash of so many different things. I mean, because then you see the Soviet remnants, that, as we were mentioning before, and, you know, it, it's just, it's really cool. I, I really it enjoyed almost, uh, Georgia. It almost reminds me of Cuba in the sense of like the Soviet influence and also- because Cuba's uh, based because of the embargo, Cuba didn't have much, exactly many new cars, many new technologies. So it looks right. like it's stuck in the sixties or seventies. Right. Um, but the question I have, I want to jump back to now is food. What are some of the staples in Georgia? Like what do they mainly eat? And then what are some common dishes? Yeah. So again, as I mentioned, um, if you're vegetarian, uh, difficult i think you gotta go with an open mind and maybe you might have to cheat a little i don't know yeah. <laughs> but um they have this this dish i think i'm not gonna say it's the main dish of georgia but it's the main dish for me from what i when i think of georgia food it's called a hachapori so it's like this how do you word it like it's uh you know the turkish uh pita pita uh, it's like it's like a, a bread thing that has cheese in the middle it's like an open it kind of looks like a boat it's like an open mm -hmm. yeah okay I, I, okay yeah yeah i, I have a picture yes. in my head yeah so georgia has one of those with cheese and they can put like a, a fried egg on the middle and it's just it's so hearty and it's really like it's so good and i had it you know cool. so many times That's and like, then it looks like a have, little pizza it does exactly and the cheese is so good and then they have oh, no. this other thing called uh a kinkali which is these these dumplings, which they can put with so many different kinds of things in them, but you have to eat them with your hand. Um, I found that, you know, people will look at you if you use fork and knives. So you have yeah. to like, you know, pick it up and, you know, get all the juices, you know, going down your, your face and stuff. You really gotta, you know, eat it like that to, to really get the experience. But those two for me were the, the main dishes and they're so good. I believe, as I Googled it, the, the one that you were talking about at first, I think is pronounced a jarain chirbuli does that what? sound right so is that uh, a dish from the georgia's jar region made with eggs and walnuts is a popular breakfast meal. no he's talking about kachapuri kachapuri yeah, that's so, so with the fried egg yeah yeah with the fried egg with the cheese um that's like k-h-a-c-h-a-p-u-r-i yeah, okay. yes exactly yeah, okay and then the kinkali is the the dumplings, but yeah. well, what you're talking about, yes, I, I did have that as well. But yeah, the kinkali looks really interesting. So is that is that something that is from Georgia, or is that Chinese or Japanese influenced? So, I feel like because you know being on like the Silk Road, someone must have passed it to other, and they've you know adopted their yeah. own thing. But it's not like it doesn't taste like like like, like which you know, like a stereotypical like Asian dumpling. Like it's it, it's just it's very you know it tastes like. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but like the, the, the spices and stuff, like it, you, you feel like you're eating something Middle Eastern, you know what I mean? Like from the smells okay. and the, the tastes and it's just so good. But you know, you're right. But when you look at it, it could, I guess, you know, all the dumplings, every country has their own variants, but, but this okay. one specifically is their like Georgian dumpling. You know yeah, what I mean? It looks really good. And it is, it so is good. not from, or it, it is not originally from Georgia, but it is now Georgian in terms of the ownership. May, something like that yeah maybe yeah, cool. i mean maybe who knows but it's just, it's really good and you can put uh you know meat in there or mushroom or cheese but you know where you just have to eat it with your hands okay all right noted noted <laughs> when you go to georgia <laughs> so all right at this point now on your trip um did you do more in georgia or did you move on so that that was about it so it was, it was a week in georgia um you know, a little just, you know, annoying. I got, got a ticket in Georgia for not wearing a mask. 
uh, when no one there wears a mask, there's not even a mandate, but I think they just, you know, I got my backpack <laughs> sick, sick me out. So a cop car pulled me over as I'm walking and, you know, took my passport and I, I got a ticket. Outside. I didn't pay it. Outside, yeah. And I didn't pay it because it was more of a principal thing. Like, and I asked the cop, oh, he's not wearing a mask. He's not wearing And they said, oh, yeah, we'll get him. We'll get, no, you're not. You're not going to get him. It's so, not even a mandate. Just, that's, just, a, that's, that's funny. The note. Just uh, whatever. But so I went uh, also in Georgia. Uh, I don't know if y'all knew, but uh, Stalin, he was Georgian. So I went to his uh, hometown, and, uh, which was that. called, uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. So he, um, his town's called Gori. So there's like a Stalin museum, which was very weird because it's very pro Stalin. So it's like Stalin memorabilia, oh. like coffee mugs with Stalin like this and that. And it was interesting. Uh, that's um, weird. Yeah, that's funny. It's very weird. Yeah. So he, he was Georgian. Um, okay. And so I went to some cave cities that were near Stalin's hometown. And, you know, just like these old, like, you know, cave dwellers that lived there thousands of years ago. Uh, Georgia's had so much to offer. But that was that was basically my time in, in Georgia. And then I'm sorry to make my way to Azerbaijan. Or not Azerbaijan, sorry, Armenia. So... Okay. To get to Armenia, you can either fly from Tbilisi to Yerevan, the capital of Armenia, or you can take, they call them uh, marshutkas, which is uh, Russian for like shared uh, taxi. And so I took a marshutka from Tbilisi to Yerevan, which was about six hours. And you know, I figured, well, I, mean, I want to see, you know, the, the landscape. Well, these marshutkas, uh, it's actually funny. If you look on the State Department websites, uh, they advise you not to take the marshutkas into these countries because these drivers... I don't think they're allowed to actually drive. They, they drive like animals. They're, <laughs> they're going as fast as they can. You, they put so many people in the car. It's like these old Soviet, you know, taxi cars from like the 90s, 80s, cars that just look like sad. So, you know, it's me and maybe eight of us in a car, probably built for six people, like all like, you know, what? crammed in there. And there was actually, disgusting, there was dried up vomit on the uh, the window from probably the day before because these cars whip it around the mountains and, pe and people oh, get sick. God. So, oh, God. <laughs> it was disgusting. God. And so we we drove to Armenia and um, as we're approaching the border, just, it's very mountainous. So he's just whipping it around and car, it just, there's no rules. There's no law in the driving. So got a little nervous, a little sick, like, Oh my God, hey, slow down, man, hey. But he, he would, like this guy just, he's just, you know, got a cig in one hand and, you know, kind of touch it, but he's like on the phone FaceTime with someone while he's driving. It's just, dude, can you look at the road, please? Like, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. But right. we made so it. So I think we got the, we're consistent with the theme here, which is do some research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but the marshuka, you know, for six hours, it was it was an experience, and it was like what nine dollars or something. Which what whatever. It's, it's so you're going between the countries for such no. It's it's very cheap, and you know, I took many marshukas. Actually, I forgot to mention in Georgia, the traveling between these places. I took a train from Tbilisi to to Batumi, but the rest was these marshukas, and they could be as low as you know seventy cents, a dollar, dollar ten for like an hour ride, a two hour ride. And I mean, you, it's not glamorous, no. But it is part of the experience, and you know, I did it. Whatever. So, are they usually like the the minivan slash passenger van? Exactly. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And I was expecting they're like, old, grimy. Yeah, I was expecting like a I don't know, like a Yugo with eight people in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like it's just like it's a very 
there's no seat belts and you know the 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 just they fit so many people in because the point is like they don't care about the safety it's, oh hey hey we got more room we got right, more room right, they're right. standing sometime and no did anybody else in yeah. the car speak english or were they tourists at all so the guy next to me was from Argentina, so he was a tourist, and the rest were like uh, Russian. But so me and him spoke English, but you no, know, with the drivers, you know, it's very difficult. You know, that's where the Google Translate because, and you need to have, you know, it written in Georgian or written in Armenian because Armenia has a different language and that's a different writing system as well. That's crazy as well. So just, you know, because you don't want to get on the wrong thing because there's no, it's difficult to, and you can um, barter with these drivers, but it's, it's a little difficult. And then when you stop for no reason, you think like, where are we what's going on and you know it's just the russian unless you have the russian background like it's it's a little difficult but so we, we get to armenia and, and got scanned by another armenian taxi driver just the theme is the same like they just because it's different currency there and different you know they're always just is it the armenian whatever. taxi but, mafia taxi drivers are hard yeah they're there too yeah taxi, taxi drivers, drivers I, I don't think i've ever gone to an international airport where they don't Haggle you. you as yeah. soon as you walk out of the gate area, and I'm trying to think if they do that in the United States. I don't think they do. Uh, they definitely I I think they sit this. outside. But yeah, I think if you travel internationally, they that's just part of it, man. Any any yeah. country, yeah, it's almost. But the good thing is these three countries they are really big on taxi apps. So like uh, once you get the data, get these apps, and you know what you're paying, and it's not this you know the shady stuff because. There's no meters in any taxis in any of these three countries. It's all you tell them what you're going to pay. And that's mm -hmm. where I messed up in the beginning because it was more, oh, well, how much is it? As opposed to, no, no, you tell them how much you're going to pay. And if not, then find another taxi driver, you know? Yeah. So okay. it's that was the problem because once again, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, Say arriving in Armenia, of course, my Georgian, yeah, exactly. My, yeah. my Georgian <laughs> SIM card doesn't work. And so we just arrived. So it's like, we don't have an Armenian SIM card. So it is, you're at the mercy of these taxi drivers. So it was, and I didn't know it would be like that again, but it's like, well, I don't have the SIM card. I don't even know what the conversion is. But again, you could plan for that. But yeah. so I think the first thing for all three countries was the focus on getting the, the data because, I mean, these, these taxi apps are so pivotal in these three countries. And yeah. But so yeah, I arrived in Armenia. And, um, Yerevan's the capital. And it's a little, a little similar to Tbilisi in a sense, you know, again, this crossroads kind of thing. And, you know, we're going farther south. Um, so it's just like an old city and just very, uh, you know, a lot, little run down kind of thing. But then again, with the Soviet remnants, this and that. But the thing about Yerevan, uh, they have this mountain uh, called uh, Mount uh, uh, Ararat, which is just one of the biggest mountains I've like ever seen. It's just in the distance and it, it looks, it doesn't even look real. It just looks like a, a background. And like that's- What was the name of it? That's Yerevan's, it's, uh, I mispronounce it, Ararat? Era... I got it, A-R-A-R-A-T. No, no, that says Turkey. That says volcano. Well, so it's in it's in Turkey, but since Armenia, Bar Bar is uh, Turkey, like you see, because it's Turkey in the distance. A-R-A-R-A-R-A-T. Yeah, it's a big one. If you huh? type in Ararat, a Yerevan, like just it in the distance, it's just this massive mountain that just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I didn't even think it was like real. <laughs> it's just like a backdrop. And what's the one but next to it? They actually said, um, oh, Little Ararat. Um, little Ararat, yeah. But they said, though, that Noah's Ark, you know, according to the legend, that that's where it, it landed or something. That, that was mountain. Oh. That, that's the mountain. Pretty, yeah. Pretty so it does have familiar. some, 
history, but it is Turkey, you know, because you are so close to the Turkish border being an Armenian. So is just seeing that yeah. might be, uh, it's just, it's massive. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Volcano. Yep. Yeah. Cause if you look at, when you're looking at Google earth, which I'm trying to follow all this as we go, uh, there's just like holes on the side of the mountain. And I'm like, what? I, they look like oh, lakes. So, but I, think so, yeah. I think they're craters. volcanic craters. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's so, it's, I mean, it's wow. breathtaking because it's just like that one and those two little mountains in the distance and, you know, Yerevan just, oh my God, that thing is humongous. So yeah, just Yerevan um, was a little more gloomy, I think, than Tbilisi. Um, people were nice. But I think people were less friendly to the fact that if you didn't speak Armenian or Russian, like, you know, if you said you're American or just speaking English, it, from my experience, it was a more, it was a little more like, okay. Okay. But like in Georgia, it's like, oh, cool. You know, very excited. It was just, mm. I found people were nice in Armenia, but it was more, uh, I think, you know. Indifferent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How long yeah, did I mean, you stay Yerevan, in Armenia? Armenia, again, was a week. Um, Yerevan was a few days. Uh, so they have like a bazaar, like in Turkey. So that was cool seeing like, you know, the carpets and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And the big thing in Yerevan that, you know, you have to visit um, is the, the genocide museum because, you know, the Armenian genocide um that was uh during the ottoman empire where just mm. millions of armenians were, were slaughtered and you know i just i didn't know so much about i mean i knew it had happened but it was it was really surreal to go to you know this this genocide museum because i've been in like the holocaust museum and you know been to a concentration camp but to see you know like a different genocide and it's just very it's very gloomy and very of course and very just just surreal but you just you, yeah. you have to see it if you go to yerevan it's, yeah, it's just such a big part of the history those things are sobering. I know, I think the Biden administration is the first United States administration exactly, to ever yeah. recognize this as a real genocide. And it's something that Armenia has been pushing since it happened, since it occurred. It's Turkey terrible. was pissed off that the United the States deniers. acknowledged it as a as a genocide because they are the descendants of the Ottoman Empire. Um, yeah, deep history there. That's a, huh. a, We could have a whole podcast just on the whole <laughs> series on that, so... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so this they, museum, I guess, just recounted that historic event. Exactly. It's genocide. just so, just the photos. And just, I mean, it's just, you know, it's heartbreaking. Just again, like that some countries, because it's not just Turkey, but, you know, Azerbaijan, like all these countries, like, no, it didn't happen. No, they did a genocide to us. You know, this, this whole, yeah. just this, it's just, it's very sad. And, you know, but it's just something you have to do, I think, if you're in Armenia, because it's just such a big part. And, you know, and as a result, Armenia and Turkey, that's not the best relations. You, that border is closed. You know, it's just, right. I think the theme of this region is just so turbulent. Like Armenia is not liked by Azerbaijan. Turkey doesn't like Armenia. Like it's just this whole, these borders, like everything that's surrounded, like it's just, it's sad. And you just, you're looking at the history because, you know, our, our Turkey and Azerbaijan are very close and, you know, very Turkic speaking. So it's like, you see like, yeah. oh, maybe that has, you know, just like putting things together in perspective. Yeah, you know? that, unfortunately, like even looking at Turkey and then Armenia, Azerbaijan, and then as soon as you move south, you're looking at Syria and Iraq and Iran and Lebanon and Jordan. And it, it's just so unfortunate because this is such a historically rich, rich, rich I know. region of the world. The most, you know, the richest, uh, if you're looking at, you know, purely from just like a, a, a historic time frame, right? So it's like kind of the cradle of civilization. You have some of the earliest structures known to man. And so it's such a beautiful area in that regard. And the people appear to be nice and the food is great. And unfortunately, you have politics just I know. shitting all over it and, you know, and making it it's, yeah. difficult to experience, which, you know, which would otherwise be just 
uh, amazing to see on, on it's, it's it's sad yeah mm-hmm. and so you know in armenia i mean um he had mentioned you know going like the big lake in armenia so lake lake savan i went there um beautiful so again monasteries like dotted on this lake and just this okay. beautiful scenery the scenery is similar to uh, georgia um, i went to the caucasus and you know in, in armenia this uh this uh tatev monastery so again it's like in georgia where it's these monasteries and these humongous mountains with these beautiful valleys the greenery i uh, there was a um a town called garni which has like some remnants of the greek um and roman empires so like these like the, the parthenon like like that kind of building oh, yeah. like in armenia so it's like oh cool <laughs> you know everyone has yeah. been here and um yeah armenia uh the food there uh very similar to georgian uh, they have again it's n- not some you know very meat and cheese based and um i'm drawing a blank on some of the specific um the name but there's this one really traditional armenian dish where it's a pumpkin it's for the fall they they stuff the pumpkin with um some, some vegetables and so the way it's served it's like it looks like an octopus like the way like the tentacles it's just like the different slices of the 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 pumpkin and so it's just a real i don't remember the name um, yes that's the one yeah yeah so it's like you know the stuffed pumpkin and really good that's huh. cool looking huh wow. yeah pumpkin I would have never guessed that pumpkin was yeah, like no. part of a dish in that <laughs> region so. of the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be exactly. so very American and say it looks like a Panera bread bowl. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> well, that was the original, right? It was from Southern <laughs> Romania. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the food food was really good. Um, a lot of oh, grape leaves. That's one stuffed grape leaves. Yeah, that's huh. really big in this region of the world. As you know, Greek food, Turkey, Lebanon. Each one has their own variation. So Armenia is no different, and so good. Yeah, I love Greek food. It I couldn't get like, enough of it. It seems like uh, Armenia has a little bit more <clears throat> Middle Eastern influence than yes, than uh, Georgia did. Yeah, because I think you know being further south, so I guess you know just by mm-hmm. ge- geography and yeah. So Armenia, um, plan was so I, I mean I have to go back to Georgia to go back to or to go to Azerbaijan. So then this is where the COVID testing became annoying. Where you know I have to get a COVID test to go into Georgia by land. So I decided I'll take the night train from Yerevan to Tbilisi, which was about 12 hours. It was on this like Soviet, like old train. And I did it for the experience, you know, it was maybe $25, $30. Um, just really oh, cool. You know, it's a sleeper train. So I, bucks and it's twice as long. And so it's like yeah. 10 times more expensive <laughs> than the than the other car. The Marshuka, yeah. The Marshuka, yeah. But it was more like, well, I just want to, want to do it. You know, I've done a night night bus in Thailand but never a night train. So, you know, the, you have your little compartment, you know, share it with these two Germans. And you know, it, was, it was cool. But, you know, at what, 3 a.m., you got to get off the train for the Georgian border, which is just, these borders are a mess. So, like, just spending the time to, to do this and that, and that's just a pain. It's cold outside and whatever. But you need a COVID test to get into Georgia, and you need a COVID test to get into Azerbaijan. So I thought I could use the same COVID test, you know, Armenia, but I, I screwed up the timing. So... You know, Azerbaijan has to be within 72 hours. So I forgot what day my flight was. I missed it by a day. So I had to get another COVID test in Georgia uh, <laughs> when I thought I could do two for one. Did you have to but do I rapid think... or PCR? PCR. So it was a quick okay. turnaround, but and that added up, you know, $50, $60 like, yeah. Yeah. each time. It adds yeah. up. Yeah. And then you have the but... the chaos of having to wait for their results, hope they're in time. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully yeah, send it pain. to the right phone or email. 
Yeah, and just and the thing was, I, I, I think it was better that I, I made that mistake because I figured, well, Armenian Azerbaijan, like they hate each other. I can see going to Azerbaijan with an Armenian thing. They're like, oh yeah, they don't know how to test COVID correctly. Like we don't accept that. So I can see some petty thing being like that, where it's like, okay, well, I'd rather have a Georgian COVID test to go to Azerbaijan mm-hmm. than an Armenian one. You mm-hmm. know? Right. Yeah. Right. So right. from Georgia to Azerbaijan, did you fly or bus, ground transport? I did. I flew. So. Okay. You have to fly because it's now, like, as I mentioned, it's closed. The border's closed because of COVID with Azerbaijan. They've closed off all their borders. The, the Russian border's closed. The Iranian border. The, but they well, still accept flights. War and stuff, but they still, it's weird, yeah. So they accept the flights, but not... To me, if your borders are closed, yeah. that's everything. <laughs> like, why would you yeah. allow flights so take that as not a, someone yeah. across, like, a little line in the same... I don't know. I don't... Couldn't tell okay. you. Couldn't tell you. Okay. So... And again, I'm fully expecting that well, I have my Armenian stamp. Well, I mean, they're going to say something. I mean, that's what I'm reading online. I mean, they don't they don't take it lightly that you go to Armenia, you know, especially in light of the war. So I arrive and, you know, I, I'm with the last one. And then, so they see the Armenian stamp and the customs guard, you know, calls someone over. And I'm thinking, oh, it's happening. They're going to ask me something that's happening. But they just, they took my passport and the guy ran off and he made copies for it. But I was the only one that that had happened to. So it was obviously for the Armenian stamp, but that that, that was it. You know, I kind of wanted something to have just for the story, just for the experience. But no, it was, it was pretty, pretty chill. And this was in Baku. And um, it's in Baku. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, you arrive in Baku. And again, um, I knew the war was the year before, but I actually did not even time this. I timed it. Um, I arrived on the one year anniversary, like two days before. So I didn't know this. So as you arrive in Azerbaijan, the, the disputed region is called uh, Nagorno-Karabakh. I think Nagorno is Armenian, but Karabakh is what the Azerbaijan, the Azerbaijani um, uh, language for 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 this area so you see in like in english and in azerbaijan they have in the airport like, these these big like posters and these digital signs like of the flag moving and it says you know hashtag like karabakh is azerbaijan so i'm thinking like okay you guys are flexing on everyone that it's, it's yours or whatever but then i find out because november 8th i arrived what the seventh or something was the one year anniversary so i was there for a victory day so so baku it was so surreal, which for one, for, for the people that don't know the geography, Azerbaijan is, is oil rich. Armenia and Georgia, no. So Azerbaijan has the oil money. So you arrive from uh, Armenia and Georgia, which is a little in terms of, uh, I guess to make third world-esque, but when you arrive in Baku, it's like, it looks like, you know, one of these, uh, you know, like kind of like a Dubai or something like these right. big, you know, right. um, <clears throat> skyscrapers money, and stuff it's just like it's the oil yeah. money. oil yeah. money exactly and you see these nicer cars and it's just mm-hmm. it was so surreal just like okay armenia and georgia's right there they just don't have the oil so it was kind of huh. crazy and so it's situated on the caspian sea and it just it's crazy but you know again the victory day so i was there and you know just i thought baku was just a beautiful city just because now now we're in a muslim region so the mosques everywhere and just the flag, I think, is so cool. It's like the Turkish one with the the, the moon and the star, and the, the just being there is just the patriotism. So the victory day, the whole city is out in the streets. Everyone has wow. their flag. People are hanging out of the cars, waving their flags. I mean, it's just very surreal. And in the time, I didn't know this at the time, but I mean, after my one week in Azerbaijan, I only met one other tourist. 
So I don't think anyone there was, no one's a tourist. And no one like goes to Azerbaijan really. And people, when I told them I was American, they were like, oh, you're American? Like in Azerbaijan, like I, they, they don't see Americans. They don't see like tourists. It's a very off the beaten path as you can get, especially of the three. And right. so, I mean, it was just, I felt like I was like a journalist, like being, I mean, just like, I mean, I didn't plan it. So seeing this victory day, it's just like, I'm on, I'm the third party. I'm just like here and like, oh my God, like just reveling in the fact that like, I'm part of history. This is the, the one year anniversary of the victory, you know? Yeah. And you have no one else to share it with in regards to your own perspective, right? Like yeah. you're sharing it with these people, but you have no one that can relate to what you're experiencing. Exactly. It was literally so foreign. Yeah, it was wow. so just I mean, it's, just, it's probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in my travels because like I didn't plan it. And you just see like these little kids like, you know, with the flags on their faces and stuff like that. It was just, it was just really cool to see. And they had these um, tents up where it had like the military was there and like you could pose like with the weapons and like the tanks and stuff, which is pretty, pretty weird. But, you know, I, I, I took a tour and the tour guide just just how each country is so anti the other that they really dehumanize the other side. So this tour guide, you know, he's pointing out the weapons and stuff and, you know, he's making jokes like, you know, we, Oh, we got so many of them with these drones and stuff. And again, that was just a part of the surrealness. Like it was just like, you know, like in the time I've been alive, the U S has been in several wars, but it's like, it's not hit home as much as it is here. I think where it's just, I don't know. It was just, it was just really yeah. weird to see like these kids posing with on these, their soil. Right. Yeah. And, and it was and just, more, I don't Yeah. It, I don't know. Just yeah. Well, the, the, from an American, you know, speaking as an American who uh, has lived through these wars, too, like they, it's over there. They're happening over Exa- there. Exactly. And exactly. 100%. these people, it's happening here in the now. Um, and I'm sure ha- having a war on your own soil is probably a pretty pretty profound experience. And I could see that feeding too like a significant uh, personality to these events, to these victory events. So yeah. exactly. And just so many taxi drivers, I mean, like when they would say, Oh, American, but like, and it, no, no, I mean, English was kind of, kind of spoken, but these taxi drivers know, but these Azerbaijani taxi drivers, like they would just bring up Armenia out of the blue and just, you know, to start, you know, just saying these bad things and just me sitting there like, why are you telling me this? Like, it's just so, they just there. want you to know how much they hate them. Both I had a similar experience yeah. doing yeah. something in, in Croatia. I was traveling in Croatia, and we oh. ended up on like a kayaking trip. And to, to the, 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 those Yugoslavian, that Yugoslavian war when Yugoslavia fell, Serbs, they had the, yeah, they, yeah, they do not like the Serbs. And so I was talking to a woman who was my age. So I'm, I'm in my well at the time, I guess I was like in my early thirties, late twenties, whatever it was. Um, she did not like them, and it was her father who fought. And so it was now a generation down, but still like didn't trust them. Like she was saying, like, don't trust Serbs. Like was giving me all these tips in case I I encountered someone from Serbia. Um, Yeah, still fresh. Exactly. And it's just, I mean, it's so like, you know, the kids, I mean, that's what they'll learn. And, you know, it's just this whole, and Armenia is the same. Like it's it's just, because in Armenia, I forgot to mention, but in Yerevan, I saw, you know, anti-Azerbaijan protests. But again, I didn't realize it was because it's the one year anniversary. I thought it was, Mm -hmm. okay, anti-whatever, but just, but to see it from both sides, because I saw, again, both sides and the signs everywhere, Karabai is Azerbaijan, Karabai is Azerbaijan. And just, you know, I took a photo <laughs> with the tour guide, just me with like a big hashtag, Karabai is Azerbaijan, just, you know, just is just everywhere. And, you know, in the whole week that I was there, you know, they're not going to take it down. So you just see it everywhere. And you see 
there was a photo or poster of the, the Azerbaijani president, you know, in his military outfit, you know, like pointing and like Karabaz Azerbaijan. Like it's just so in your face. And, and it's not like it's in your face or tourists because no tourists are there. It's just, it's in, it's just yeah, to show, let the whole country know. Yeah, no, yeah. Propaganda. Yeah. 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 And that was surreal. And, but it was refreshing because, you know, in Azerbaijan, which Azerbaijan are beautiful and the people there are so nice. And they actually, you know, is one of the few times where it, I told them, you know, I was American and, you know, people were like, oh my God, America, USA, like something like that. Cause usually it's like, okay, who cares? Or they don't like Americans, whatever. But here is because they don't interact with any Americans. And it was kind of cool. But I met a taxi driver. Um, I went west in Azerbaijan and I went to their mountainous region, the Caucasus, and I went to this beautiful, lake and the taxi driver he didn't speak much english but you know i asked him like about the azerbaijan armenian conflict and he was the one person between both the sides who said no like it's not about the people it's just it's the governments and stuff and they you know poison the minds of the people but like i like armenian i've met some armenian friends when he was living in moscow like just where he really was the only one where it's like well it's 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 past the whole country thing like at the end of the day it's in humans and he it was very refreshing because everyone's like you're talking about, literally, I mean, you know, very extreme. Like, oh, I'll kill an Armenian. I'll kill an Azerbaijani. But he was just so, I don't know, it was very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the only, only one I heard in, in my two weeks in both these countries because both sides, I mean, they hate each other beyond, yeah. you know, anything, you know? It's really interesting. I didn't realize this, that our Azerbaijan had like an annexed, like completely separate piece of land on the southwest side of the yeah. country that's separated that's... by Armenia. That's the that was the war. That's what no. the war was about. No, there's no. another one. There's another oh. one. That one, yeah. I, that, yeah, yeah, but the, the, the Nagorno the, one is also, yeah. Yeah, it's... that's to the east of Armenia. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's because oh, I saw that on the map, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know what that the region to the southwest. I don't know what that region's called, but the the other one is it's not even. Um, on the border of Armenia and Azerbaijan, it's just in the mountains. Yeah, it's like so. If it's yeah, a disputed yeah, area for Armenia, they would be it would be completely isolated and surrounded by Azerbaijan. Yeah, so it's a very it's it's interesting, you know, the geopolitics, and then yeah, well, then also like then then with Turkey because Turkey's big. Then like Azerbaijan is like Turkey's little brother. So you saw the Turkey flags everywhere in Azerbaijan as well. They really helped, and from my understanding, from my research, they really helped tip the favor of the war with the drones that they gave Azerbaijan and mm. just, I mean, it's just so each huh. and then Russia, then Russia would play like both sides. And just for those people out there, you just have to, I mean, it's such a fascinating concept, this war, because it, was, it wasn't just Armenia, Azerbaijan, so many factions were involved and it was just, it's just crazy. And again, just it being, I remember when it happened last year, but I didn't, you know, know so much about it. And then like actually being there is just, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really, really interesting. Did, did, before we move on, did anything else happen in Azerbaijan that you want to share? Yeah, so uh, basically, so I uh, spent a lot of time in Baku, which Baku, I think, is a beautiful city. They have these, um, if you type in on Google, the the flames, the, this, this, this like hotel, and it's just like these three buildings that make flames. And I just, I, I just like, couldn't get enough of them. The views of the flames in the city is just, they lit them up, and for Victory Day, what? they they put a flag on there that would wave digitally, and then they would have, um, a video of like a soldier waving the flag back and forth and it was just like so trippy to see and just i i took so many photos of these flames and oh, the architecture awesome. yeah it is so cool the architecture and 
and are you i was just gonna ask are you are you walking around are you going to do, is there even a bar in this country or like are you just walking and experiencing what are you doing yeah so walking and here actually ironically uber uber is big ah, in azerbaijan ah, it's actually okay. the cheapest cheapest way and the Uber was so cheap that it almost felt like you were ripping off the driver. It was it was insane. It was the cheapest out of the three countries, but Azerbaijan was the most expensive of the three countries, being the the oil rich country. Yeah. But the, the architecture, you know, there being Muslim, it's mosques everywhere, and the mosques are beautiful. And yeah. and Baku, you know, again, it's it's the clash of just these old mosques with these like uber modern buildings and stuff. And so walking around, yes, and um, I really enjoyed Baku and. The old city is it just looks uh, so European and it just it's so surreal, like just be, it's it's a it's a beautiful city. It's a very fascinating. And then right on the water, the Caspian Sea mm-hmm. and uh it's just so cool. And and Azerbaijan, I thought be I think the nicest people I saw and they had the bazaars and stuff. And I actually I went outside the city, I went westward towards um the borders of the other countries to their second largest city called Ganja, which Again, they have um, like an Arc de Triomphe looking thing, like in Paris. So it's like literally carbon copy of what the the, the Arc, Arc de Triomphe in, in Paris. So it's really surreal to see. And there again, you know, with the the mosques, and they have the marshutkas as well, so you can take those around. And, and it's just it's it's a beautiful country. And then their their lake, um, it's called Gogol Lake, um, was was beautiful and just it's in the tucked in the mountains and. You know, we're supposed to go to a second lake, me and this taxi driver, but uh, we were told there was bear, bear sighting. So we weren't allowed to to go up any further. But I just I really enjoyed my time in Azerbaijan. And I was told by people and online, because there's not a lot of information about tourism there. People said, you know, I think three days, four days is enough there. And I was worried, like, no, I'm spending a week there. Am I going to run out of things to do? And I felt the opposite. Like I, Azerbaijan was the most... I was least expected to, to enjoy that one. Like it was just the most fascinating because, you know, from the media, you see Azerbaijan being the aggressor and this or that, which whichever side you take, but it's like, Oh geez, well, I, I feel like I have too much time there, but no, I, I feel like I spent too much time in Baku and there's just so much of that country. And it was beautiful. The food being very, you know, Middle Eastern, the, the kebabs and uh, just, I really enjoy my time in Azerbaijan. I, I think it was beautiful. How was it navigating the country as far as the infrastructure so the infrastructure is a lot better there. You know, they got right, that oil money. Right, so Baku, right. it's just as shitty as you can yeah, think but with or whatever. But then as you get outside, it gets a little, not as bad, if you'll say, as Armenia or Georgia. But sometimes you'll we'll see the older Soviet-looking cars. But it was, you know, the bus systems are good. But it's just there's no information online, especially for in English, because it's just so not touristed. And that was the, the bad side about Azerbaijan. And, I, that, that's why I like talking about this because again, like it's just hard to find this information. And like, again, there wasn't tourists that I could ask and you know, the Azerbaijani people, I don't think they necessarily talk about tourism really. Like I stayed in the hostel and it was all Azerbaijanis and it wasn't tourists. So it wasn't, it was just, it was just a different experience in terms of finding information, you know? Yeah. No, this is, this is so fascinating. I'm like looking up all this stuff as you're talking about it. And there, I realized how little I knew about all of this there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just no information. So Matt, with this experience, uh, do you think you're going to seek out new experiences just like this? So these off the beaten path locations for future travels? 
Well, my, I mean, my life goal is to see every country in the world. It is uh, how realistic that is or not. But I mean, this is something like Azerbaijan. Yes, not much information, but I know there's countries that are less information. You know what I mean? Like, and I thought that was so fun for me because it was being the only tourist there. It was just one other German guy who was, you know, like a really an older guy kind of thing. And it was just everywhere I went, I went into a hostel. I was the only one there. And it was just, I enjoyed that. And again, like the whole, like people being fascinated, they're like, oh, you're a tourist? Like, what? <laughs> like, no one comes to this country. And just, that was cool. And I just want to put Azerbaijan on the map. Like, it, yeah. it should be tourist. It definitely I, did for and, us. Yeah, you got to go. Like, just, like, on YouTube, like, typing in Azerbaijan tourism, it's like, there's just nothing. And it's just it's just one of these countries where it, it deserves the tourism. Because, I mean, it's just, it has so much to offer. And, and if, to answer your question, no, I, I want to keep going to these countries where it's, like, hard to find information. It's just, like, I want to be the pioneer and be like, oh, this is what y'all got to do next time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm sure we'll have you back on again. You, you're oh. setting the record for most uh, Traveler's Blueprint uh, appearances as uh, well. So. Uh, I'll try to, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, the last question before we wrap up, Elliot, unless you had something, I was going to yeah. ask if you have, if you could restart this experience or if someone is listening to this and wants to follow in your footsteps, is there anything that you would maybe do differently or you would uh, advice that you would want to share with that person or uh, your past self? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I guess, you know, for my pitfalls of the taxis and, you know, the money thing, I think just a big thing, like, you know, cause I, I went to each country knowing I get a, a, a data, uh, a SIM card, but I think that only goes so far, at least accompany yourself with the conversions. That's a big thing because for me, each country is different conversion. And I mean, as like countries are, but I just, I didn't mentally prepare. So it's just going to the countries that just not having the background information for taxes or for money for stuff like that, which, you know, I'm a very, I'd say experienced traveler. I don't know why I still have never learned to do that, but that's what I would do differently. And just, you know, I think spending more time um, outside some of these cities, like Baku, amazing, loved it. But I did think I spent too much time there that I did alienate myself from some other places. So I think just from a, a standpoint of just, but see like it's hard you can't do the research to Azerbaijan before because it's just not there but just I think the general thing just just really kind of having a loose plan I think maybe you know just yeah or being completely yeah, so okay just, with which it seems you were yeah having these I things am, yeah, go yeah. wrong so well I think I think Bob your your mental state was definitely would be different if you had the same mental state as Matt of you know expecting to run into things and run into issues because there isn't that much information there I think you'd be fine with not having 100%. a oh, yeah. that, very strict plan. I, like, I need a plan. My plan could be to go into something with an open mindset. And then I'm fine with it. I don't, plan like, disru- no plan. I don't like disruptions to my plan. I'm working on it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if my plan is to be spontaneous, then I'll go be spontaneous. Whatever. Um, and that, just exactly. like kind of feeding off of that, I think it was you who said on our Teaching Abroad podcast – one of the recommendations you had when someone was looking for a school to work in was find the city and then look in the surrounding towns. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it was you. I think it might have been you. But that always stuck with me because it's a really great way to see the outskirts. And it kind of feeds into what you just said as far as making sure you get to see, see the outskirts of the, of the main tub, main city. Yeah, because, I mean, off that, I mean – because Baku, as you know, cultural as it was kind of thing, it is still like the whole cosmopolitanism thing where it's just like 
you know, if you want to see the real Azerbaijan, you have to go outside. Like, not yeah. to say that Baku is not, but it's still, you know, I think that's the problem with like well, Dubai both. and Abu Dhabi and stuff. Is yeah, it's just it's so like you don't you miss out on the culture because it's the catering to like the international scene, like just all these massive skyscrapers where there's no culture. So you do have to venture outside the city because that's the real of that yeah. country you know it's good I mean? to get both experiences for comparison and then you can kind of build your exactly own, yeah uh, idea of what the country is and stands for but, and kind of and i would say man i, I don't want to put words in your mouth but it's not that it's it's not that baku is not the culture of azerbaijan it's just a different subculture of azerbaijan it's the modern culture exactly yes 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 yeah i agree it's a good way to put it matt well i do want to ask okay. before you do okay. that before okay. you do that okay um, because I got to say, and I wish it, we had talked about it in our uh, Christmas special, but have you have you heard or use Google Fi? I have not. All right. And I don't know how available it is for all, like, I don't know if it's available for iPhone users, but it's available for specific phone users. And I think Google is rolling it out to different <coughs> individuals, but it's basically a, a cell service, right? And it's like cricket, it's like any of the others, but it comes with an international data plan. So it's, oh, okay. you don't have to change anything. You don't have to say you're leaving or going abroad. And it's the same rates as you would have in your country. And it yeah. covers, it covered Georgia, it covered Azerbaijan and it covered um, Armenia. I just looked and it's, it's super easy. When we had it for Paris and Morocco, we landed, it took three to five minutes for it to connect to all the character carriers. Okay. And then I was like, you're good to go. And then I was like, all right, I'll text my wife. Easy. I'll pull up. Yeah. You've had service into the Sahara too. Like when we yeah, that's the only Marzuga. time I didn't. The only oh, time you didn't I have didn't have service in Merzuga. I thought you did. No, in Merzuga I did, but I didn't have service in the Oasis in the actual Sahara desert. Yeah. yeah. No service out there yet. We and had there everywhere ever else. Is, everywhere else. Doomed. I'd never want there to be service in the Sahara Desert. Yeah, I so, know. Uh, right? <laughs> so we need I think some Musk places is changing that. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, um, it is, Google it's is phenomenal. Look into Check that. it out. Yeah. Okay, if you're and listening. it's reasonably priced. And Google, if you're listening. For, for me, but, but for me, it's part of the, the adventure, the uh, the finding the SIM cards. <laughs> I, 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 li I like doing that. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to get a Georgia number. Oh, I'm going to get an Armenian <laughs> number. So for me, like... I just like for me that's a personal and then when you get at the end when you get the little the the card with it like, I kind of like collect those so for okay. me it's like that's a so token, funny man you know? that's so fun I I, yeah. I love hearing these different ways people yeah. enjoy travel and it's the small <laughs> things like that that you find you find interesting or, or and you find enjoyable um, those challenges it seems like you really find enjoyable yeah it's always unique or interesting to hear these unique perspectives oh well hopefully we didn't lose them. Oh, sorry. Do you hear there me? You yes, yeah. we're back. We're back. Yeah. Cut off for one second. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. No, sorry we're good. That. So I think Bob just finished what he was saying. And Matt, you've been with us on two travel roundtable discussions, but you have not been with us on an individual interview. And as part of that, we do not tell you that there's a rapid fire round. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we, it's five questions, but before we get into the rapid fire round, we're going to give you an opportunity right, to right. share your social media and how people can get in touch with you or follow you on your adventures. Yeah. Okay. So um, I have two uh, Instagram accounts. So one, just my name, Matt Mitzel. Um, and then I have a little travel account, just uh, making moves with Matt. And so you'll, you'll see that I, I'm a, 
that's my that's my motto. I'm always just trying to make moves, and that's that's how I live my life. And I am trying to start a blog because I just have so much to say and stuff. I just I've been lazy with that, so I will let you know when I get that going. Yeah, please do. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Bob, get it started. All right, Matt. Oh uh, what's, man, what's the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel? Okay, first word travel. Um, moves. Moves. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, what travel book had the biggest impact on your life? Um, Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn. Finn. Nice. Yeah. yeah. From these options, what aspect of travel has had the biggest impact on your experiences? The landscape, the history, the architecture, the food, or the people? Okay, so so you're saying which one has had the biggest impact in my travels? That's what you're saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for me, architecture. Nice. All right. Yeah. Number four. Tell us one thing a traveler should not do. A traveler should not do is is go in with the mindset that plans won't change because they do. Love it. And be be ready for that. All Absolutely right. agree with you there. And last question: What is one piece? of advice you'd give to yourself 10 years ago? One piece of advice would just travel more. You know, these times where, you know, you're at home and not do- focusing on other things when time that was wasted that could have been traveling. I think that's, yeah. that's my advice, you know? Cause yeah. we are only getting older. The world is there, go see it. <laughs> and as part of that, I mean, 10 years ago would have been perfect to listen to that advice cause you wouldn't have been able to travel the last two very much. That's right. Right. Matt, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you all for having me. It's always a pleasure and love talking. (laughs) Good travel. (laughs) This conversation, like I had no preconceptions going into this. I was just ready, ready to learn. And honestly, a very cool conversation about, and we don't typically do just like country conversations. No, these were three very interesting countries. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think we will ever do country specific unless we find ourselves in a situation where it's a, a really unique country. I, I can't imagine us sitting through a conversation about France or Italy, but it, that in depth. But yeah, so, and Elliot, I know, you know, like I like to follow like geopolitics to a degree. Yeah. And I did have an idea about the conflict in that area, but I've never considered traveling there and never really, um, I, I didn't know we would talk to somebody who did it. Now, though, it seems like a pretty welcoming area for tourists if you're into that type of travel experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it seems like, again, Matt traveled during a pandemic. Yeah. But he was identified as like, oh, my God, you're from America. <laughs> and that happened right. to him more than once. So while so it cool. seems like they're ready for tourists, it doesn't seem like they get many. Well, they're not expecting it. I mean, and, no. and what you know, even after having the conversation, it's just hard to like. There's nothing that's they, they don't have that draw, that like flagship draw, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of countries. That's how the tourism starts to roll in. You have the Machu Picchu, you have the Eiffel Tower, you have the Colosseum. So and, on and, and so I think on. for Azerbaijan, it's probably just the Baku F1 race. And yeah, but it, for Americans, as we know, it's not yeah, a huge true. sport. So it's, there's not a big draw for Americans to go there for that either. So pretty cool, man. I really like that conversation. He's a I great guy. Too. I'm looking yeah. forward to having him on again. Yeah. yeah. 
So thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in supporting us in a non-financial way, no money down, um, you could do that by simply sharing this conversation, liking our social media posts at the Traveler's Blueprint, and just talking about it. Um, that really goes the longest way, in, or that the, it's the most helpful in growing the show, which is what we strive to do. If you do want to actually send some money to us as, as a thank you for the content we put out, we'd greatly appreciate that. And you could do that through Patreon or simply by buying yourself some Manscaped items um, through through manscaped.com by using the code TTB, you'll get 20% off. So whatever it is you want to do, if you don't want to do anything, but just listen, we, we also are thankful for that. Um, tune in next week. Stay healthy, stay safe, and enjoy the rest of your week.